the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today for On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rhody Fisher. As a Christian mom for over 40 years and a teacher of the Bible in public schools for 25 years, Rhody will take you on a journey with some of her friends as they share their experiences and testimonies from their walk with Christ. You'll see that you are not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. Welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Now, here's your host, Rhody Fisher. Good morning and welcome to On the Road with Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Bless our time. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in Psalm 119. <clears throat> now, I did want to talk a little bit about Psalm 119. Um, it is the longest book or the longest chapter of the Bible. It is the longest chapter in Psalms. And for those of you that don't know, um, Psalms is right smack in the middle of the Bible. So if you open it up, you're bound to land somewhere in Psalm. And <clears throat> Psalm, the book of the Psalm 119 is broken up by the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And we are going to start in Aleph. And so we pray, Lord, that you would give us understanding of your word. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statues and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. They have laid down precepts that they are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways are steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame. When I consider all your commands, I will praise you with an upright heart. As I learn your righteous laws, I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Wow, it's a beautiful chapter, I mean, section of the Bible. I I really want to thank my guests for joining us today. I'm going to just interview one of you right now. And thank you, Josh Gallegos, for joining us all the way here in San Diego. Glad to be here, Rudy. For our guests that are listening, could you just please give us a little bit of background of how you grew up, where you grew up? Um, did you go to church? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so my uh, upbringing, I was raised in a Christian home, and uh, I went to church, and uh you know, raised in the church, went to church pretty much my whole life. Um, but, you know, as I got older, um, I began to drift. Um, and I lived a very compromised life. So I would say um, I went through the motions and did um, a lot of the quote-unquote Christian things. Um, but as it relates to a 
you know, true personal relationship with the Lord, that really didn't come until uh, after I uh, had just gotten out of high school. And uh, my mom, she actually passed away of cancer when I was 18. And, you know, so that's when everything really changed for me. Wow. You know, as I introduced you, I realized that I didn't tell our guests anything about you. So as I know you, um, you are a youth pastor at Calvary Chapel, um, Tustin. And you've been there for quite a while, and you are married with two children, and um, your focus is on the youth. Yes. So what a great place to start with your testimony, because we're right smack in the middle of what you're talking about, your youth. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, for me, I I ended up surrendering my life to the Lord, giving my life to the Lord, Um, you know, after uh, my mom had passed away, going through a season of really stepping away from the Lord. And uh, but my testimony is, yeah, I was a church kid and Mm -hmm. uh, I went through, you know, every every week, pretty much I was in church. And uh, so very much a big part of my ministry and my heart is towards the church kids, you know, those that um think that they're uh, okay with the Lord because they're kind of doing the externals and maybe there's no uh, intellectual rejection of the Lord. They're, they're okay with the Lord. They think everything's fine, but they've not truly committed themselves uh, to the Lord. And so that's, that's our heart and our passion is for them to, to come alive spiritually, to be born again. You know, as it says in John 3, we must be born again. And uh, so that's our that's our passion, you know, and uh, just to really get the kids to, you know, come to life spiritually and to not hold on to their own uh, or the the religion or the upbringing uh, from their parents. But, you know, I like to say to grab on to Jesus with their own hands. Yeah, that's really, really important. Um, I teach th- third, fourth, fifth and sixth graders, and that's my goal, too, is to introduce them to the living Jesus the living God. Um, He is alive today just as much as he was when he was walking on the earth. And he talks to us. He heals us. He blesses us. We can talk to him. He talks back to us. So we we are worshiping a God that communicates um, that we can really grab onto. And, you know, for some of us, um, we haven't heard him audibly um, or we haven't seen him with our eyes. But that doesn't deter from the fact that he is a living God. There were over 5,000 witnesses that saw him for 40 days walking on this earth. So trying to keep that God alive in a young person's mind is a huge task. Yeah. It, you know, it requires uh, stepping out in faith, you know. And, and one of the areas that I really like to challenge the youth is, you know, in, in seeking the Lord and asking God to reveal himself to them and to use them. Uh, in certain ways, you know, to give them, you know, a boldness or to provide opportunities or open doors to minister into people's lives. And, you know, I've just seen time and time again, God is so faithful to answer that. And it just blows them away. You know, I just I had a conversation just this past weekend with a student who was telling me about that, uh, how he was blown away, how, you know, something that he was just reading uh, in the word. And it, you know, wasn't necessarily something for him. But, uh, you know, very shortly after that, he came across a friend 
who was in need of that very scripture. And so seeing how, you know, what the Lord had shown him was able to minister to his friend. It just, he was just blown away. Like, wow, this is real. God's real. And he wants to use me. He wants to be involved in my life. And uh, so it's just really cool to to see their eyes open up and just to see God really just reveal himself to them in a way that's, that's undeniable. You know, this mm-hmm. is beyond um, argument. And this is just, you know, the, the, that personal uh, revelation and understanding like God has, has shown himself to me and I know that it's real. And uh, it's just it's just awesome to see that. Now, <clears throat> I often say that when you accept the Lord as your Savior, it's not just words. There's a change that happens in our heart that only God can make. I know that we say, you know, believe with your whole heart. And God sees our heart. He knows whether we've accepted him for realsy or not, you know. And <clears throat> when I talk to my kids at release time, I let them know that God can see whether they've really truly meant it. And so he begins to change our heart and change our direction and the trajectory of where we're going. So what kind of changes happened to you when you were a youth and and doing all the, you know, so-called bad things? So really, for me, I think the key to kind of to, to wrap it up and summarize kind of the principle behind it is, you know, there's um, there's a lot of false gospels that are that are preached um some of them very popular and it's it's a gospel of addition right that you add jesus onto your life the way that you're living the way that you think the things that you do and if you if you just add jesus like it's some sort of a special seasoning sauce it'll make your life better you know mm-hmm. but the the true gospel it's a gospel of substitution it's dying to yourself and surrendering your life to Christ and becoming that new creation, right? If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. The old things have passed away. And behold, all things have been made new. And so we become that new creation in Christ. And so along with that comes, you know, this a, a change of desires. It's, it's desiring the Lord. That's one of the biggest things that happened to me after I surrendered my life to the Lord and I placed control of my life into his hands was he placed new desires in my heart, you know, a desire for him, a hunger for his word, for fellowship. Like I couldn't get enough. I used to go to church um, out of obligation because I needed to, I was supposed to, it was where I was supposed to be. And for me, the thing that changed was instead of doing those things out of obligation, I began doing them out of adoration for the Lord, my love, my passion. I could not get enough. I was going to church, you know, on Sundays and Wednesdays and Fridays and having home Bible studies, and I just could not get enough. And that was, you know, the work that the Lord had done inside of me. That was the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't me trying to earn his approval or to appease him or anyone else. It was just that inside out working. And I think a lot of Christians have their Christianity inside out inverted in that they do these external works thinking that somehow it's going to, you know, do something on the inside. But the truth is Christianity, it works itself from the inside, what Christ does in our hearts. And it works its way out in the way that we live and the way that we think and the things that we do. And, uh, you know, everything changes, you know, our, our, our mindset, our perspective, um, our language, the words we use, the, the, the places we want to go, the things that we uh, pursue, all of these things change. And, and so that's what I've seen um, in my life when I decided to surrender my life and place Christ uh, at, in the driver's seat and let him be the Lord of my life. You know, so many people want Christ to be their savior. They want that fire insurance. They don't want to go to hell. Um, but if he's going to be your savior, he has to be your Lord. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and to, to be your Lord is to be your master, is to surrender your will to his and let him lead you. And, you know, I always say, like, what better person to surrender control of your life to than the one who literally bears the scars, you know, in his hands and his feet and his body that he bore demonstrating how much he loves us, right? That I say he literally, you know, died in the position with his arms wide open saying, I love you this much. Like who better could you entrust control of your life to than someone like that? Exactly, exactly. And the other thing I think that happens that we don't even realize is when we first pick up this book after the Bible, after we accept him, as our Lord and Savior, it becomes to, the words begin to either jump off the page, or for me, it was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this was here. Oh, did I miss this the first time I read it? And, you know, I, you, you and I both grew up in a church, and so we memorized scripture and did all that, but um, never did I realize that it, once you accept the Lord, it, it just becomes, you know, it makes sense. It becomes alive. And I I do believe what happens to us is that our spiritual eyes become, eyes become open. You know, we were reading in the past with our physical eyes, but the Lord takes that veil off of our spiritual eyes and we begin to read and understand it and think, oh my gosh, wow, I can't believe that this is here. Yeah. And I, you know, I just, I literally just had a conversation with a student uh, about this, you know, this weekend. And, you know, it's, it's not necessarily that it's new information, you know, when you pick it up and the, the words are jumping off the page. But yeah, there's this, this awareness, this realization that, you know, these things that you heard all along, it's not just theory, but it's actual reality. It's true. And there's a, a relevance and an applicability that just, it blows you away. Uh, how accurate and how precise God's word is that it's, you know, so sharp and piercing down to our core. And, uh, you know, yeah, it, 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 it changes everything. Yeah. Second Timothy three sixteen says, um, that scripture is God breathe. I mean, he breathed this with his breath to, to the men that he, you know, picked, selected. To write that down for us so that when we read it, it becomes alive to us. When our spirit comes alive after we've accepted him as our savior. Wow. I, I do want to ask you um, if you could tell us about the time that you felt that God was calling you into the ministry. Um, there's a call on your life. You, you're doing something else as a Christian and all of a sudden you feel like I've got to do this for God. He's calling me. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, after surrendering uh, my life to Christ, um, I I was in school for engineering and uh, I went on. I got my engineering degree, began uh, uh, working in the field. And um, but I was also serving uh, in youth ministry all the while helping and being, you know, assisting. And uh, I began leading uh, some Bible studies uh, teaching young adults, doing all these things. And, um, you know, there was a point where I got the call into, you know, to do this full time, which is interesting because it wasn't um, at the time where, you know, there was times in my engineering career where I, I was looking towards ministry almost as an escape where I was kind of, un, you know, I wasn't content with where I was at. 
I felt like, man, I need to be doing something else. And, you know, ministry sounded really good. And it wasn't until um, I actually got a job that I just totally loved. I just so enjoyed it in the engineering field. And that's when I got uh, a call to come into the ministry to do it full time. And uh, it just, it meant so much more. The question or, or the answer, I guess, was always yes, absolutely. Because I knew that, that God had something, you know, bigger for me, something better, something different uh, as it relates to the ministry and doing things for him. Um, but it was just kind of cool the way that that happened because that decision, it was not an escape. You know, I didn't need to leave. I didn't need to move. Um, you know, I was starting to make money and, and things were going really well. Um, but I just, I knew that this is what God had called me to do. And, and, uh, in having done that, uh, there's no more fulfilling thing than to just know that you're doing what God has built you and designed you to do and to be able to impact people with, um, eternal, you know, uh, consequences, you know, in the balances. There's no more, uh, meaningful thing I think that, that someone can do. And so I'm just so blessed and honored really with the, opportunity to be able to do this. Wow, that's great. Now, <clears throat> I do know that recently the Lord has called you to an additional ministry. You're, you've got this thing that you're doing over here at Calvary Chapel, Tustin, and that you're happily doing that, and then the Lord adds something else. Tell us about that and how it started. Yeah, so uh, this is uh, what we're calling the, the 316 mission and really, the Lord just kind of dropped this on my heart. Um, you know, when I write the date, March 16th, which is 316, you know, it reminds me of John 316. And I remember the thought just kind of coming to me like, this is something that the world should know about. And just kind of in the context of uh, the way that the world kind of gets behind different days and, and different movements and messages, and there's just this, you know, this solidarity and this sheer numbers uh, in getting behind these things, there was kind of almost uh, like a, a righteous jealousy, like 316, like this is a great opportunity. Why don't we as the body of Christ, why are we not proclaiming the gospel, you know, and just use, you know, John 316, like, let's make that day known for the gospel. Let's make that gospel day. And so that the whole idea behind it is really for the body of Christ around the world, for us to join our voices together and proclaim the gospel and making, you know, March 16th, 316 day, a day that's known for the gospel and joining our voices together in a, as a collective megaphone, really to proclaim the gospel on that day around the world in a way really like we never had. And so we're super excited and we're just kind of trying to rally the body of Christ and get them excited about sharing the gospel. This is largely um, a movement, as we say, to get the body of Christ moving with the gospel because using March 16th is a really easy in to introduce the gospel by just, you know, you can go up to people on that day and you can just say, happy 316 day, you know, and the gospel literally means good news. And so you go up to someone with a smile, you know, and just with an excitement, happy 316 day. And they're going to say, what are you talking about? What did I miss? And, you, you know, the answer is, man, you missed the most important message you could ever hear. Let me tell you about the greatest price that was ever paid to meet the greatest need. And just to really unpack that. And really just using the simplicity of John 3.16. That's a verse that, you know, every Christian learns early on. And uh, if we just kind of unpack that and present that and proclaim it to the world, you know, let's see what God does. 
You know, one of the things I really love about this, and I told you too, is that, yes, we have Christmas. And, you know, to be honest with you, the whole world celebrates Christmas. I, I remember looking last year at pictures in Saudi Arabia where you wouldn't think they'd be celebrating Christmas, but they celebrate Christmas too. And they're not really celebrating Jesus' birthday, but they do have trees all over the mall and things like that. You can look it up on, you know, the Internet. <clears throat> and their whole idea is giving gifts out. And a lot of people that celebrate Christmas here in the United States or anywhere in the Western world or even, like I said, in Muslim countries, it's not about Jesus. It's about giving gifts and feeling good and doing things for others maybe. And in, even in the Christian homes, Jesus oftentimes takes second place to Santa Claus. Um, I know I know people that... Instead of writing, you know, um, to to you know their son or a daughter to Joe, um, they always write from Santa, and so it gives Santa a real big place in this holiday that we're supposed to be selling his celebrating his birthday and and coming to Earth. Um, that whole idea of him stepping down from heaven, becoming man as a child, and and you know, going through all the, the, the human feelings and, and growing and all of that. And then we have the other holiday, Easter. Mm-hmm. And we've got the Easter bunny, you know, everybody buys eggs and hides eggs and, you know, puts a wreath egg out in the front, you know, of their porch or whatever. But this is something that is just for spreading the gospel. It is the Great Commission that we're after, you know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And that's the gospel that we're trying to, you know, promote. So what a great day to just have just for him. Yeah, that that's kind of the whole idea behind it is, yeah, you have your Christmas and your Easter and there's so much attention that gets you know, diverted towards the Easter bunny and Santa Claus. And it's, there's so much noise. And so on this day, there's nothing else on the calendar. And it's a day that all the attention, all the activity, everything that's going on gets purely pointed towards the gospel. You know, what is this 316? What is this message? What does that verse say? What does it mean? And, and how can we respond to it? And it's just a great way for us to really clarify that verse. That's a verse that a lot of people may have heard of or they've seen the reference at a football game or whatever it may be. And we have an opportunity to clarify what does this really mean? What is the message behind John 3.16? And, and what are we to do about it and how people can respond? So all glory goes to God. There's no attention being diverted by by anyone else. And so it's an opportunity for us to go out into the world. Instead of just inviting people into our churches, we can go out and we say, light up the world with the gospel. So are you, are you expecting the Christians to carry maybe Jesus films, um, tracks on that day and hand them out? Are you thinking that we should be knocking on doors at the, on that day? Are you thinking that maybe churches should invite the lost into their churches? What are you thinking that we should do as Christians on that day? So, yeah, the short answer to that is yes, all of the above. Um, and really, we want this to just be an all-out, um, just uh, an attack, if you will, on the darkness and to, to light up the world. So it's, whether it's going out in person, sharing with people uh, – 
at your workplace. It's just a really easy way to do it. Just wherever you're at, uh, the grocery store, people at work or whatever, happy 316 day. You can do it on social media, which is huge. That's where this started um, by posting a simple gospel message and, uh, you know, explain, hey, happy 316 day. Let me explain John 316 to you. And if you use the hashtag uh, 316 Jesus saves, when you post those messages on social media, it actually ties those together and will cause that hashtag to trend. So you can do it on social media. You can do it in person. There's churches we know that are um, canceling their their normal service. And instead of that, they're actually going out, they're witnessing. I, I know, uh, some, another church that's going to be doing an evangelistic, uh, uh, message for church. So it's just really any and every way possible. Let's just light up the world and, and point people to the gospel and, uh, and see what the Lord is going to do. Okay. So for those of you who haven't heard of the, the uh, um, this ministry, Give us some contact numbers so that people can call you, write you, uh, get a hold of you so that they know what to do. Yeah, so basically the, the, the best hub to, to reach us at is from the website, which is www.316mission.info. So if you uh, go to that website, we've got all the videos. We've got some tutorials that show you how you can use John 316 as a message uh, by video, and we have some uh, printable uh, resources as well. And then you can also follow us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at 316mission and uh, get all the, the updates and the latest information there. You can email us from the website uh, to stay in touch, but we're really praying that people will get this to their churches, to ministries, to everyone, every Christian they know. Um, and let's get as many voices as we can on board to create the largest collective megaphone that we could to pre- to proclaim the gospel in a clear and loud way like we never have. Thank you so much, Josh Gallegos, for joining us today. And I do want to speak to the listener that has not yet made a commitment to Christ. If his story about being out there and doing all this stuff and then committing himself to um, Jesus Christ as his Savior resonates with you and you haven't done that yet, Follow me in a very simple prayer. Mean it with your heart that you're going to invite Jesus, the one that died on the cross for you, into your heart and life, surrendering everything to him and saying, God, you be my God, my Savior. So in very short, simple words, mean it with your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for for me. Forgive me for my sins of the past, present, and future. And today, help me to follow you. I'd like to make you my Lord and my Savior. Today, I want to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We haven't had time to talk to your wife. We'll do it on another show. Thank you for Sarah for joining us and Josh. Bye for now. Thank you for being here today for On the Road with Jesus with your host, Rhody Fisher. Every week, you'll hear experiences and testimonies from her and her friends as they share their journey with Jesus. You'll see that you're not alone in your search for God, your victories with Him, or your failures. If you have a question about today's show, email Rhody Fisher at rawfisher at ontheroadwithjesus.com, spelled R-A-H-F-I-S-H-E-R at ontheroadwithjesus.com. Or leave a voicemail at 951-817-0094. 
That's 951-817-0094. On the Road with Jesus is sponsored by Global Expressions Language Project. Learn more at asquaredlamps.org. That's the letter A, squaredlamps.org. Be sure to join us each week at this same time for more On the Road with Jesus, hosted by Rody Fisher. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.